Welcome to Chess Talk. Just in time for Britney's sigh. This uh-huh. is episode 128. Jeez. Yep. We have Brantley. Yeah. Comptroller extraordinaire on the ones and twos, testing the levels. People can't see it right now, but I'm uh, scratching the record. Wicka, 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 wicka. And then we have Robot back. Beep, boop, up. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, people? First appearance of 2018. How does it feel? Uh, feels good to be here. I feel like this won't suck as much as last year. Oh, this year in general? Yeah. Oh. Why? Do you have plans or just goals you have set? No, because 2017 was like fucking lame. <laughs> it was a dumpster fire. It was a dumpster was, fire. And I graduated this year, so there's there's that. There's hope. There's hope. And re- rebellions are built on hope. Oh my god, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> You chose this guest. <laughs> you, you asked me to be here. 2017 was a good year for crypto, at least. Yeah. I figured you'd be excited about that, if anything. Yeah. I mean, everybody now is a Bitcoin or cryptocurrency genius. They invested $5 and they made $10. And so <laughs> what they're doing is obviously the right way. That's correct. <laughs> Do you regret selling out when you did? Because I feel like you sold at the last bit of the plateau before it fucking skyrocketed. Um, so, I mean, obviously, yes, because <laughs> I could have had more money if I waited like two more weeks and I didn't like panic sell when the fork was canceled, but Beca- because Bitcoin, you sold when Bitcoin was at 8,000, right? Just under like 77 or 73, I forget. And you only had like 0.1. So yeah. So 10%. it wasn't, it wasn't a huge, not like you had 50 and you're like, fuck this. Right, right, right. My, my. My my potential gains was probably maybe another like five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars, but it's actually more than that if it went to twenty, so like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I was about um, to say you you would have gotten like two thousand from Bitcoin alone. I mean, realistically though, I, I didn't pay any money in, so it was all like net profit minus like maybe like fifty bucks for power consumption. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, I'm not mad. I'm just like, yeah, I could have made more money. Have you been up to anything else since you were on last? So when was I on last? The award talk. Mm, no, that's before New Year's. You went to bingo. You've been playing a lot of bingo lately, right? I have been playing a lot of bingo. Um, I think we are net up a couple hundred bucks. Really? Although, yeah. But realistically, we also not won a lot of times because we've been trying to go to the ones that have like uh, huge bonus balls, mm-hmm. like in the in the <laughs> in the tens of thousands of dollars. And let me tell you, there is so many people, and it's not enjoyable. Is it mostly old people? Is that stereotype true? No, it's not true. Honestly, um, oh, wow. there is a pretty good age range um, for most games we've been to. I would say it's probably like a good portion of them are, are older people, probably in their 60s or above, 50s or above. But I've seen a good amount of young people too. Like um, the last game we went to, there was a, a party of tw- uh, this, gr- this girl's like 21st birthday party and they're playing a game bingo. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. it was like I think 10 people. I think it's like one of the safer forms of gambling, mm-hmm. I guess. For sure. Because it, it, like you just pay like a flat rate. And then when it's over, it's over, and you don't keep having to put money in your machine. And yeah, you don't have to think about pulling out or anything like that. It just happens. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, children. <laughs> if she didn't laugh, I children wouldn't everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's true. I think the other thing about bingo is it's just fun because you see the, the progression of the game. Like, oh, I'm getting closer. I'm closer. I'm closer. My machine went off if you're playing a machine, or like I can visually see. So you have that like anticipation of winning. And that in and of itself, I think, like, releases endorphins and it's actually an enjoyable experience. Whereas, like, when you play, um, 
like slot machines or, or, or t table games, it, it's a lot more rapid. And so the endorphin release is like min minuscule, but it's constant per, per game, if that makes sense. I've never heard like a psychological analysis of bingo. So that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, here it is brought to you by the robot himself. You can read people's emotions while we're playing, you know, the huge. I feel like it's the most unsatisfying anticipation of winning because as soon as it's building up and you're getting close, someone else wins. <laughs> And you're just angry. Yeah, but every time I played bingo, it's like I need one more, <laughs> and then literally the next ball. It's but you're also thinking, oh, I was so close that time. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll win the next time. Yeah. And fuck, that's how they get you. Fuck me. This is a great segue. That's like PUBG. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how PUBG feels to me. We get like third place, or I'm like, fuck, we were mm -hmm. so close. Let's just play another really quick. Mm -hmm. We can win. And then you die first. That, I think it's the big draw, too, though. Because I remember when I was playing, I think, before the, the three or four of us have been playing together, is that I constantly was finding myself queuing into game after game after game and then not realizing I spent, like, the last seven hours playing PUBG. And I've won, like, yeah. maybe one time, if that. Yeah, no, that's how it was when I first got the game, too. It was just, first, it was a lot of nerves and anxiousness, and then it was just excitement every single game, even if I didn't win. And for the most part, I don't fucking win so <laughs> i like to think that if i don't get boned by this circle more of my games are ending in like the top percentile though yeah same yeah the circle bone is definitely uh a a factor of of potential wins because it can definitely just give you the shaft i'm like well you're running the rest of the way through a gauntlet yeah. of people hope you hope you got all the loot you <laughs> needed in two fucking buildings because <laughs> that's all you get to loot yeah. Although, quick thing about the, the zone, I've noticed a trend. I don't know if this is, this is a, a correlation or just, uh, you know, anecdotal evidence. I, I feel like the, the supply drops when they land, they actually land closer to the, to the center of or approaching yeah. the circle new zone um, more so than yeah, before. Yeah, especially towards the later circles, it's a very good indication of what direction the circle will be. Do you think you've been playing less lately because of all the cheating or just you've been playing less? Well, class has started uh, the tenth. I want to say no, uh, no, no. Sorry, the eighth. That's right. Um, so Mon Monday, I want to say. Um, so I have been playing less in a literal sense, but I've also been pairing it back because of the cheaters. Like there was those few games where we played where we just constantly were getting killed by cheaters. Like let's not call them cheaters. Not cheating. They're hacking. That's they're hackers. Um, but right. <laughs> getting killed by them like three quarters of the way through a game when we have potential win scenario. And just getting gunned down from middle of nowhere. There's that one game where the three of us are playing and Brittany gets killed out in the open. I'm like, oh shit, was that a hacker? And I'm like, I don't know. And then you die. And Cody and I are in the building and then he's headshot and I'm headshot through walls. So it's like, there's no there's no potential there. Although, I did see a clip of somebody hiding behind a shower curtain. And shower curtains aren't, aren't uh, you can't shoot through those. So. It's a good little tip, I guess. <laughs> yeah, last week Brittany and I touched on it because last week was definitely when every other game it felt like we were dealing with a hacker and each game we were just getting robbed and it was frustrating because you spent so much time getting the loot fighting people regularly and feeling like you're on a good path to victory and then just fucking take it from you and it just it's shitty because it makes you feel like why am i even playing this game when i know i can't win it takes the, the fun out of the game because you're not you're no longer trying to survive against uh, other equally matched players you're trying to survive against like this unstoppable force where it's just a matter of time i think there's been some movement um actually not by pub corp or anything else but but oh absolutely but not. by uh china so it sounds like um from what i read is that uh 
they are going to be instituting some sort of ban against uh, Chinese citizens from playing the game. I, it wasn't very clear because it was, I think, a translated page. But um, one of the game providers that does like Dota 2 and Counter-Strike, something like that, specifically for Chinese markets, uh, is introducing PUBG into it. So PUBG Corp has worked uh. with them, I guess, to get a game in there. So we may see it being uh, blocked off from most Chinese people. <clears throat> and I know that in February, early February, I believe, or maybe it's the end of February, uh, China is blocking out all out external VPNs, like someone VPNing from within China outside to another country. So I know that will also affect players trying to connect to mm-hmm. the PUBG servers. I saw this story on Reddit of a guy who was queuing up in some like squad games with random people they were playing like a lot of games together and doing really well and at like a certain point one of their teammates died and he just started saying hey the third floor of that building has this gun and like he kept asking him like how do you know this and he would just like dodge the question and where it would be like oh this building over there there's two guys in there and the guy was like seriously how do you know this and he's like okay so like i have the hacks I don't use the aim bots because I don't want to, but I like looking around. And he was just some like teenage American kid, and he told the guy that he was playing with that he was buying hacked accounts on like eBay from some guy in Russia for like three bucks. So like it's not just like a Chinese thing. But that's where the overwhelming majority. Yeah, but like it's not gonna stop it because clearly like. It's becoming widely available to people. And, like, you might not even... It's not even going to be obvious to some people because they weren't playing like they were cheating because they weren't shooting through mountains. They were just finding all the loot through cheats, you know? And I don't think people expect the hacking to stop once these changes take effect for the game. It's just... It's significantly going to go down. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah, every game is going to have hackers, and Mm -hmm. that's just kind of what you deal with when you play on Steam and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's just there's an expectation that the developer is trying to limit that. Yeah. Whereas with PUBG, so far, it's felt like they're just like, eh, sorry. He just came out and said that he wasn't going to do anything about it, basically. uh, Brendan Green. Yeah. Yeah. The creator of PUBG. Yeah. He was like, all of your guys... Well, it's just like, he's really doing it by himself. Well, yeah. Well, like, people are like, you need to region lock China. And he's like, that's racist. No. Yeah. He said that's xenophobic. Yeah. Yeah, That's the word that people are very triggered about. Yeah. Yeah. Because that underlies his misunderstanding of the issue entirely it's not that we people are like anti-chinese or anti-asian yeah. players mm-hmm. they're against the culture of the games or game the players of the game in that region it's a it's a it's a cultural thing for to be the best at whatever thing you do and cheating is just a mechanism to do that um but to touch on what you said about cheaters yeah that that's that's the the underlying issue is that there there is no action like they have the reporting system and everything else but like the widespread issue shows that they're not taking it seriously. There's always going to be cheaters, like you said, for CSGO and everything else, but if they're not going to make any like harsh steps on it, there's really no point in like playing for a while until they make a real you know, aggressive action against players. Right, and even if it, they're not cheating with tools, like aimbotting and 100% kill rate with their mm-hmm. bullets, they're mm-hmm. grouping up and yeah. they're getting 20 people in the same game to oh, all yeah. be on the same team and just mob people. Mm-hmm. So, 
that's annoying, but I find that also just comical watching the highlights videos of it's, that. I'm just yeah. seeing like this army of people yeah. coming over hills. It's the most entertaining form of bullshit, I guess, in the game. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I see that, and I'm like, I can't even be mad. If that happened to me in the game, I'd be like, all right, what the fuck ever. Like, mm-hmm. They took a lot of coordination to make this work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's just like them hanging out in internet cafes playing yeah. the game together. Yeah, everyone's yeah. saying, okay, hit play now. Mm-hmm. And just hoping that, okay, we all get thrown into the same game. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very, I mean, especially with something like that, you're all on the same, like, IP address, so it's very likely to be pushed together. Right, yeah. and that's why there's so many different highlights of it, because yeah, it's so much easier to get that coordinated. Mm-hmm. And I, we've been playing more this week than yeah. last week, I think, and I haven't noticed it too bad. Yeah, I haven't, as far as I know, I haven't been killed by any cheaters. I've had some issues with bullet damage, but that just could be because the game is still shitty. Mm-hmm. Like, I got killed today by a vector... And I think it took maybe two bullets when I had a level two vest and I was full health. So stuff like that where I'm like, uh, I don't know if that's because this game is just kind of a piece of shit still or <laughs> maybe they are hacking. Like, it's mm-hmm. hard to judge. Yeah. And people are showing all these replays of you're hiding behind a cover and you're moving around and someone's trying to shoot you. And on your view, you're behind cover, but on their view, you're not. Mm-hmm. And so it's just inconsistencies with the server. And it's like, well, are they hacking or... No, I think that's just the way Shitty the servers are, are synchronized. I've, I've been killed that way a couple times, and I've noticed it's just if they look, I think I think Shroud does this too, if you look before the person you're looking at moves, you can still hit them. And I've been killed like what it looks like through trees, but I know it's just a latency issue and, and what's rendering on screen on my side versus their side. Right, um, and it's annoying. It sucks. How do you combat that? Yeah. Just, <laughs> An open field, uh, Ned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you gotta do, you gotta play your battles correctly, I guess. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else really you want to say about the cheating? Do you care if it gets resolved, or do you just hope that you can play the game like normal again? I just hope they make some actual aggressive stances. Like I know that I think part of the reason why they're not making a big stance on it is because there's a lot of Chinese players that are constantly getting banned and rebuying the game. Yeah, so exactly. there's a big revenue stream. It's like a Twitter problem. Like if Twitter starts banning, you know, bots, bo- bots and and you know trolls, they, they lose users and that makes their, their stock go down. So I get the correlation, but the, if you want a game to survive, you need to make sure that the livelihood of the community is there. And I think if they don't take an action, it's slowly going to go down. And there are competitors that are coming up like uh, Isle of Nine and Fortnite that are really potential to take away their market share. And people are starting to wonder, was this kind of their plan all along with the 1.0 release before the end of the year, just during holidays last year? Were they trying to just cash in while it was at all-time peaks and then just hoping that they got their money while they could i don't think so only because uh brandon green may have done that in the past with the previous games but blue hole slash pub corp those guys are actual like they they've been involved in other products so i don't they're think that's company. necessarily yeah there's actually trying... like 40 plus people now oh wow yeah, yeah. yeah he was he was on h3 and uh, he talked right. about it apparently he was kind of arrogant i didn't get that vibe but he said that they're they're hiring a lot and getting more talent because it's the biggest challenge is getting more people on board it's honestly sad because i don't believe that this game is made by 40 people it still feels like it's a five-man development team or something mm-hmm. oh yeah no definitely it's but i think also the, the relevant skill set of each employee may be very narrow yeah and so it's taking a while to really develop the game to be something great also 
the they're I think they're learning the toolkit. Uh, I think it's Unreal Engine. They're learning yeah. that as they went along, so I kind of get it. And another downside is once you have the base game, it's hard to just change that without fucking everything up. You have to just yeah. piecemeal change things, and that becomes it's a whole different monster. When it when you want to change something and you know there's an issue, it's like well fuck. I can't just change that one issue. I have to do 20 different workarounds so I don't break these other things. And that's a big issue for not even just games, but any type of like application development. Right, which I'm sure you're very annoyed I'm by. not super familiar with, but I understand. the con- Conceptually, I, I get it because having to <laughs> go back and just change a few things can just wreck house. Yeah, I hope they do something. I'm still going to play the game until I stop, I guess. I don't know. I thought <laughs> yeah. this past week, I was like, fuck, I really don't know how I feel about this game. And then we just kept playing. I was like, okay, it's... Maybe it was just a bad week. Maybe we just got some really shitty games, and that was that. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, pretty much the same. Just it felt like every game last week, I would hop in, get a lot of really good loot, die, and be like, "Oh, that sucks," and then watch the replay and be like, "Oh, that didn't even need to happen." Yeah. And then this week it's been <laughs> fine. Uh, another game we can move off from PUBG. I played Titanfall two. I know Rob, you haven't played that, right? Mm-mm. I didn't really. It looked interesting, but it was just felt like another Call of Duty, so I didn't pick it up. It. I only played it for the campaign. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. best shooter campaigns I've ever played, okay. and it's short. I beat it in about five hours. That's not too bad. And I still think it's worth. I probably would have been upset if I bought it for sixty dollars, even though I know it's a multiplayer game. I don't really care about online multiplayer shooters like Call of Duty or Titanfall or Battlefield. But this campaign is fucking great. Like, the characters that they build, even though it's just you and your companion, pretty much, it's just, you get so attached to these characters, and you want the best for them. I don't know, I thought it was a great fun game, and one level where they deal with, like, time traveling and hopping back and forth between timelines in a shooting game sounds really fucking convoluted, but it was just so fun to play with. Wait, there's time travel in Titanfall 2? Or a level in the campaign. Huh. I would not have anticipated that based on the overall art, the theme of the game. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it takes a, it really builds this world because Titanfall 1 didn't have a campaign. It was just a multiplayer game. Got it. And so Titanfall 2, it's like, here's a campaign. Sure, it's only five hours, but every level is fucking crazy. It's such a good campaign. And I prefer a five-hour shooter campaign as opposed, that's really good compared to like a Call of Duty where you play it eight hours and you're like eh like it was okay it was call of duty i guess there's kevin spacey in it touching on that i played the one with Kit harrington being the uh big bad guy uh, i think it was uh, infinity war infinite warfare you mean yeah <laughs> infinity war <laughs> infinity war well i think like every game was using infinity in some capacity like uh there's well in movies too it's the name of the ship in halo too is called the infinity um but that's how i felt with the the last one it actually was a decent story most of the ones prior to that except for like the original ghost recon or um god dang it um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. modern warfare 2 with uh the evil general guy like that one was really fun and then this one was really fun but all the other ones just seem really kind of campy and hokey about like the overall uh, theme of the the reasoning behind it right usually when i play a game like that by the end of it it's just such a blur that's kind of how i felt at the end of doom it was just a grind to get through the levels mm-hmm. and to fight the monsters i was like okay i i'm in this room again and these amount of enemies are going to spawn and i'm just going to fight for 10 minutes and i i don't feel danger because i know i'm going to win but with titanfall i think the action is very fluid and there's a lot of movement involved like 
being on the move while you fight is very important. It's not just get in cover, shoot, wait, get your health back, throw a grenade. It's very much run around the room, jump off the walls, slide behind people, get your cloak on. Just It's very interactive, and again, the story is different, and it's fun, and I'm, I'm just really excited for Titanfall 3, whenever that comes out. And Is that, is that planned or announced? Probably. I know Titanfall 2 had kind of shitty sales because it got released in between, I think it was... I can't remember which one it was, but it was either after Advanced Warfare and before Battlefield 1 or the other way around. And so it was in between these two juggernaut FPSs, and Titanfall 2 isn't as big, so people skipped it to get one or the other. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was Mm. a third one. (laughs) I have some bad news for you. So Titanfall 3, the publisher behind them, yeah, they were bought out. Uh, Respawn, right? Yep, they were bought out by... Take a guess. It was EA. Yep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think you know. Yeah, that doesn't. That's not going to spell a good uh, future. For no, because I think EA put out Titanfall two with them. They were the publishers for Titanfall two, so they EA made... has already been involved. Oh, uh, okay, maybe. Yeah, because that's right. how I'm playing it. I got Origin uh, Access, I think it's called. You pay no, five dollars yeah, yeah. a month, and you get all these games. And that's how I played Titan, the first Titanfall. So I think EA has always had their hands in the Titanfall pot. Yeah, you're right. I don't really care how that's going to go. And with Titanfall 2, I think all the DLC was free. They just put all the maps out. Just didn't care about it. So Which is weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, man. They want you to feel a sense of pride and accomplishment, Cody. <laughs> Can you kick her off this, kick her off this podcast? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm very hesitant to buying uh, games from big publishers anymore. Like I, I've made an effort to not do that just because I've been burned so many times the last like, couple years. Right, that's why I'm okay with doing this option because it's $5 and then I can play it and cancel whenever I want. Mm-hmm. So I did that. I'd probably give Titanfall 2 probably 9 out of 10 like just for the storyline alone. It's I guess 5 bucks though. It, that's Yeah, exactly. It's hard to not be upset with a $5 game. And with that, I started playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Got it. I'm only an hour in and I am not really fucking feeling it. Because <laughs> I know you watched. You did you see Madeline, Madeline play the entire game? Uh, she played for a couple hours, and I would sit and watch for like maybe thirty minutes at a time. Um, and she really liked Mass Effect because she, she had the uh, the box for the Xbox 360, where you have yeah. or maybe the Xbox One the, the three pack, you get one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played one, two, I think one and two or two and three for a per- bit of period of time, and those were fun. Um, but watching her play Andromeda, she was getting so frustrated with the way the game handled and the way it was changed from the previous games. I just don't care about the story so far. It just seems very cliche, and I'll spoil it because it's the first hour. Like, oh, your dad is a super important person, and you're on a mission, and you're the protege, and you're a little reckless, and oh my god, he dies, and now you have <laughs> to be the main guy, and you need to be the it's hero. It's the Lion King. Basically. Or the girl, Cody. Come on now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it's the Lion Queen. <laughs> good, good recovery. I I want to give it more time because it is an RPG. I know it's going to take some time, but like the villains, I don't remember in the first trilogy there ever being cutscenes dedicated to just what the villains are doing. It was everything was told through Shepard and whatever you were doing at the time. So it was weird to finish a mission and have just a random cutscene take place where you're watching the main bad guys not speak just all just watching whatever they're doing so 
That sounds kind of like what Destiny would do for like the exposition with like Gaul or whatever the heck the guy, bad guy's name is. They they cut to him doing stuff and talking to his like subordinate. Yeah, and it was very weird because that was other issues aside. That was very very different from how the narrative for Destiny two or Destiny one went. Um, yeah, it's just a weird disconnect, and I'm like, I don't care mm-hmm. what this guy's doing because one, I don't understand him, and he's not even talking. Two. I'm still trying to figure out who the fuck my character is. I don't need to learn who the main bad guy is. Like, let me figure that out through missions. Let me figure out what I'm about before you tell me what I'm about. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I'm i trying to make decisions based on what I think this character would do when I still don't know who he is. I mean, she never finished the game. I think she <laughs> stopped after, like, six hours. So if there's any indication of how well the game went, like, <laughs> she bought it. Or I bought it for her, and she never finished it. Because I really like the fucking trilogy, and I'm just hoping that eventually this game gets good. I've heard if you get past, like, ten hours, it starts getting better, which is... <laughs> That's, That's too Titanfall. I know. Titanfall campaigns. That's too Titanfalls. You're right. <laughs> we'll see. The one good thing I could say is the fucking music in this game is so good. That's one thing I think that they can do no wrong when it comes to Mass Effect. Just the menu music, the combat, just ancillary scenes, just that great scores yeah i mean there's some glitches and stuff like that but overall it seemed like that was like the one decent part is the game the, the feel of the game was good it was just the narrative was, was lacking yeah. the narrative is shitty but the visuals like the scenery and stuff the character models i i can't stand but the visuals <laughs> the scenery and the sound that is all just fucking spot on that's what i expect from mass effect yeah they did they did some stuff right again so that's saving grace for the developers like say hey I worked on that. It's not trash. Yeah. Parts of it are okay. Do you want to lead her? Do you want me to lead her? You're, this is you. You're the boss baby. You can have some <laughs> topics that boss are yours, though. baby. Uh, <laughs> the Golden Globes happened. They were happening while we recorded last episode. Mm-hmm. And we didn't realize until we, like, hit stop. And then we saw we went on our phones and stuff. And, like, ten minutes ago, all these awards are coming out. And we're like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. Could have been super topical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> That was uh, the which one was that? That was the Black Mirror episodes. Exactly. Yeah. The very last episode. Did you cover all of them? Yes, yes. we did. Why did you have something? To oh say no, Hang about? the DJ was great. Like everybody said, it was going to be. Um, so I just want to kind of throw that in there. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to the episode, you can hear Cody's ranking and be offended. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll I'll take a listen. How, how far into it was? Uh, you tell like, me that actually. Don't worry about the it. The very fucking end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like we go through each episode, and at the end, we all rank them. Mm-hmm. Any surprises with these years Golden Globes as far as the winners? For me personally, no. I think, like for all the, actually the the serious ones, ignoring like the you know Cecil B. DeMille Award, those I don't really pay too too much attention to. Um, but like uh, James Franco won Best Actor. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was cool. Comedy, that was interesting because I was I was not expecting that. Yeah, that was the biggest surprise. Who was he so. up against? Oh, I know the Get Out main actor was. He in was that. nominated. Yeah, I can't remember the others. I don't either. But it's refreshing because I I hate award shows. I really do. They're super circle jerky. I They're think. so circle jerky. Mm-hmm. Like they don't represent like. The people's opinion, I guess. It's all just like a bunch of old white dudes in a room saying, oh, this movie was great. Or this person donated a lot of money to our organization, so let's give them an award. There's nothing representative about award shows. It's just elitist to me. Yeah, it's all very in-house. I think the Golden Globes are less 
so compared to the academy i think the academy is definitely like more circle jerkery yeah and that's probably just to me because they include television in the golden globes yeah television i think is is an uns there are some there is some good television out there i would rather watch like a great television show than a movie honestly yeah agreed um there are some period pieces or or dramas or comedies that are entertaining Mm -hmm. uh, but generally most of it's trash it was refreshing though to see out of the box actor win an elitist award i guess Mm-hmm. You know? Well, same thing with uh, what I mean. Ebbing three three billboards did great. It looks oh, like oh yeah, it swept. <laughs> yeah, but that was kind of anticipated, and I think that was kind of the buzz after it came out in some f- film festivals. People were like, "You should see this movie. It's gonna it's gonna take some noms yeah, it's gonna yeah." Um, so the other actors in the James Franco category it was Steve Carell mm-hmm. in Battle of the Sexes, Ansel <laughs> Elgort in Baby Driver, mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman. And Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out. So that's who he was up against. I feel like the most award-worthy actor in that group in previous years and based on his, like, repertoire would be Hugh Jackman. Yeah, But there was probably some kind of... They probably didn't want another musical to sweep the awards again. And I think if you see The Disaster Artist, you can tell James Franco not only did a great job acting, he just took the character to another level. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was telling you, Brittany, I saw his like acceptance speech. And first off, it was funny. He brought Tommy Wiseau on stage. <laughs> Did you see it, Rob? No, but that, that sounds oh. so perfect. Like he brought Tommy Wiseau on stage. And the first thing Tommy does is try and grab the microphone to talk about it. And James has to like push him away. And was like, no, 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 sorry. No, we can't do that. <laughs> and then he goes on to like read a quote about tommy and like what tommy said at one point and just instantly he gets into the accent and starts talking just like tommy does it's so crazy just to see him not even like have to try he just goes right into talking like tommy and you could tell he spent a lot of time getting into that character and yeah. bring it to life in a whole different way mm-hmm. it wouldn't su- i mean i did 127 hours but it wouldn't surprise me to see him start doing some more serious roles where they require like actual acting chops given his history of just being kind of a shit post artist like yeah. Seth Rogen and some of the other that that group I wonder if he's going to try and take this movie and move more towards being a director though because he mentioned yeah. that in his awards like he's really used this as a chance to get better as a director and see where that takes him so that wouldn't surprise me yeah, no, I, I, there's some some actors also do, I think, do better as directors because they're able to, like, see the picture a lot better than they can act. Yeah, another, another actor that won that kind of surprised me was uh, Sam Rockwell won for supporting in th- uh, Three Billboards. And I've yeah. always thought he's a really talented guy who doesn't always get a lot of shout-outs. Yeah. Have you seen the movie yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay. He was definitely a standout. Do you remember his character, Cody? Mm-hmm. Okay. He, he was, was definitely like, a standout. He was a huge character. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really care for his performance. I It was whatever to me. I think with the nature of the character, without spoiling anything, he was very nuanced. Mm-hmm. And there were so many like subtleties to like what kind of person he was. They tried to set it up as him being one certain way. And then you start realizing, okay, like there is depth to him. And I think he did a really great job of doing it subtly most character arcs seem to have like a turning point mm-hmm. and like this one there was like a constant hinting towards it the whole time it wasn't just a sudden so it was like very well written and he performed it very well yeah. that makes sense yeah it does i just i don't know if i can contribute that to him specifically or yeah, just like, the writers did a really good job with I this think character it's both. 
Yeah. Because it takes a really talented actor to show the writing. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Have you seen Moon, Cody? Moon? No, I haven't. That's it. Basically, stars him by himself. I would say if you've not seen him in something really good, watch that. He's actually a very talented kind of kind of actor. That's by Duncan Jones, right? I believe so. It's got Dennis Quaid or Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Um, oh, okay. As a sporting role. Okay. I mean, I'll look into that. I think it's called Moon. Yeah, Moon. Anything else about the Golden Globes? Nothing about like the awards themselves. Coco won. I'm sure Eddie was very excited about yeah. Coco. That's right. He did see it. Was excited about that. Yeah, it just seems circle jerky, and I think every year it's just there's gonna be jabs at politics and it's what's happening in Hollywood, and just I don't care. Yeah. I don't. I don't go to an award show to hear political talk. Yeah. Like you're an actor. What you do doesn't really matter in the political world. At least it shouldn't. I mean. Donald Trump was on television and Ronald Reagan was an actor, so clearly it matters. And Oprah Winfrey should be president now. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, which is stupid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, one other one that did stand out to me was Aziz Ansari's uh, Netflix show. He won for best TV show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Master of None. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Fuck. I love Master of None. I I have not watched it, it, but I I like Uh, him. So he he's just himself in that show. So oh, okay. if, if you like him, you're going to like his character in yeah. Master of None. Britt, do you got anything? I mean, I just don't want to go off on a tangent about the political undertones. It's just not worth it. It's really not. Like, <laughs> I just, I get angry because as a woman, I feel like it misrepresents. I wonder if that car horn's picking up on Differing opinions. A little bit, but <laughs> to, to, to your point about that. I don't see it that way, and I think any rational human being, much like the political spectrum, isn't as divisive as everybody makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's just people that, that talk loud are heard, um, and these vocal minorities are just very, very vocal. And so, especially in, in Hollywood, you see it a lot more because they have the platform. Right, and something like the Golden Globes, everyone is probably going to have roughly the same ideology. So yeah. when someone... That's why it's just another version of their circle jerk. Exactly. Yeah. It's just their Fox News. Their Fox News, yeah. <laughs> it's where they can go and say the thing that everyone wants to say and get a standing ovation for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're not changing anything just by saying it, but yeah, whatever. I just get irritated. Well, I encourage anybody to look up uh, the Sarah Hyland issue, uh, criticism for her Golden Globes elevator I saw like, that on deal. the Franco. Yeah, if anybody wants to see like how ridiculous it is, just go watch that. I think that's completely harmless, and it was blown out of proportion. And people were like screaming at her for yeah uh, acting inappropriately. Did it's... you see anything about that, Cody? No. Okay, I'll, so I like, can just link to the video. Just yeah. yes, link to just go ahead and watch the, it afterwards. Just to kind of point out video. I, well, yeah, but I'm just gonna sum up the like thing for you because like all these actors had to film or didn't have to, but film these like post ceremony little shorts in an elevator. I think. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know who she is? She was on Modern Family. She, like, grew up being on that show. And now she's, like, of legal age and she's an adult, whatever. What was her name again? Sarah Highland. Anyway, she recorded hers in elevator with, like, an old guy who's, like, a bellhop. And she's drinking, getting a little drunk. And she, like, takes his hat and is being all tipsy. And, like, 
she starts to run away with this hat out of the elevator and the doors start closing and she like falls back and he catches her and then the doors close and everyone is saying this is very like tone deaf to what's going on in this culture right now and this is like uh hinting towards like sexual assault and i think it's really inappropriate for you to be doing this you'd have to watch it to see like actually you don't even have to watch it to see it i don't get where these conclusions came from that sounds my like biggest a nothing thing issue. was her response to it i thought was very appropriate and i don't know she didn't try to apologize she didn't defend her she just said the guy in this video is a very nice man that's all she said yeah. like he's an actor and he was a really nice guy mm-hmm. and she didn't comment on anything else and i thought it was handled really well to the point of her age she's 27 so she's not oh. young oh really yeah so i just think that's also really funny that like you're acting inappropriately i'm i'm almost in my 30s like yeah, yeah. i'm a grown woman yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't Fuck treat me like off. a child yeah mm-hmm. i just like seeing people call actors like role models like not in the same like circle jerk as the rest of hollywood like i feel like she's not a part of it oh okay like that's, yeah. it's refreshing to see people that aren't giving into it right yeah let's go all linked to it i just i didn't know that was a thing so i have no input yeah. on it it's very so. like a nothing issue <laughs> sounds like it yeah it's a nothing thing but it's a nothing thing that people turn into this scandal yeah that's the internet yeah right i don't know what we're gonna be talking about next week we'll figure that out get something together you can rate the episode or rate the podcast, not just the episode, on iTunes. You can go to our Twitter, chess underscore talk. Go to our website, chesstalkpodcast.com. Check out the links. Um, that's all I got to say. Tell your dog. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. <laughs> pet tell your, your dog. cat. Beat your tell dog. Your... No, it's not okay, Brittany. I said pet your dog. That's what I would backpedal to. <laughs>